This is the reality. Well, again, welcome to the reality. My name is Dudley Anderson. Really good to be with you once again, sharing the reality of real life as found in a relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. The reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please find out more at our website, surereality.net. Well, it's my pleasure today to introduce you to a new edition for The Reality. We call it the Reality Bible Specials. For the first in The Reality Bible Specials, today I'm going to be speaking with pastor and broadcaster Peter Jenkins. Peter Jenkins is a Bible teacher with a passion to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. On this, the first The Reality Bible special, Pastor Peter Jenkins and I discuss the significant question of what is the real meaning of salvation? The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of God's standard. If the pass mark was 50 out of 100 and you got 48 out of 100 and I got 24, <laughs> all that makes you is a better failure than me. <laughs> but none of us can reach the standard required of God. We've all sinned and we don't pass the pass mark. That's the way it is. Mm -hmm. No matter how hard we try, no matter how good we are, we're never good enough. Thank God he has not left us in our state of failure. It is said that there's good in every person, but the reality is, though this may be true, our human good will never match the goodness of God. As we read Romans chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. For there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So today on the Reality Bible Special, Peter Jenkins and I discuss how God in His love and His grace purified us from sin so that we might match up to His goodness. This is the real meaning of salvation. Speaking with Pastor Peter Jenkins today on the Reality Bible Special, and thank you so much for joining us, Peter. We're going to be talking about the gospel, plain and simple. Why do I need to be saved? And, uh, you know, the Bible, there were some people in the Bible who said, what must I do to be saved as I spoke to Jesus? So we're going to be talking about that. And, uh, you know, as as I'm sure you agree, Peter, there's a lot of confusion um, around the whole concept of the evangelical Church. What does it mean to be evangelical, and what's the, what is this evangelism, this gospel message? So, I'd like us to really consider three three questions as we talk about the gospel today. Why? Why must I be saved? What? What uh, am I saved from, and how can I uh, get saved? So, the first thought that I came to mind, uh, why asking the question, why I should be saved? Um, I'm sure you agree. Uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, a famous scripture, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What is sin? Let's talk a bit about that. Okay, well, my definition is very simple. And truly, there are some people in this world that are better than others. We, we accept that. And sometimes, would you believe? But I know some non-Christians who seem to live better lives than some Christians, which <laughs> seems a bit of a dilemma, but that's what I've noticed. <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of God's standard. So imagine, Dudley, if, if the pass mark was 50 out of 100, and you got 48 out of 100, and I got 24, mm. all that makes you is a better failure than me. <laughs> we, 
we both failed, yeah. but you're a better failure. <laughs> and I think that's the way that I understand it, because some people, obviously their lives are lived better than others, but none of us can reach the standard required of God. We've all sinned, and we don't pass the pass mark. That's the way it is. Mm. Now, some people think they can pass it by, by their own righteousness, and Saul of Tarsus thought that. Mm. He thought that by keeping the law, that would make him acceptable to God. But after his Damascus Road experience for seven years, he says nothing and does nothing while he's learning that all of his righteousness would never ever get him past the pass mark. Yeah. We can't do that. If we did, there would be no need of a savior. So why do we need? We need it because we've all failed. Uh -huh. No matter how hard we try, no matter how good we are, we're never good enough. Yeah. But thank God he has not left us in our state of failure. Absolutely. And, and some people might think, oh, sin. This is the 21st century. We don't talk about things like sin, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we don't talk about sin and we don't talk about sinners. There's a very large church in America where the pastor told the people that everybody's basically good. Uh. Um, I don't quite know where he gets that from. But that's what he said. So, and he's actually told people preaching in his church, don't mention the word sin or mm. sinners. You might offend people. <laughs> well, the cross is an offense mm. to people who refuse to believe in what happened on it. But to those who believe, it becomes the power of God to change your life. And it's quite a remarkable thing. Really. Isn't Jesus described as being the rock that causes men to stumble? Absolutely. He's the rock of offense, you know. I mean, it doesn't appeal to your, to your intellect. The gospel and whoever's listening to our program now, but the gospel does not appeal to your intellect because you cannot understand why the creator of the heaven and earth should be interested in you, never mind about love you enough mm -hmm. to pay the price for all the sins we've ever committed. How can you understand that? But I remember Billy Graham saying, you can't understand our brown cow can eat green grass, give white milk and yellow butter. <laughs> you just drink the milk and eat the butter. And when it comes to salvation and yeah. the gospel, it's not meant to appeal to your intellect, but it actually speaks right into your heart because that's what God wants to deal with, that part of us that controls every other part of us. Yeah. Everybody looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. And, and those who are listening to this program today, God looks at your heart Absolutely. and he sees what's in your heart and he alone can change what's in your heart. That's the gospel. Yeah. So um, we started out by answering why, you know, why do we preach the gospel? Why uh, do we have this whole message? Why do we have the Bible? Um, so where did sin come from originally, Peter? Well, this is a big question, isn't it? You know, originally, in, in simple two lines, I thought about this today, but originally God made us to love others and to use things. But in today's world, we love things and we use others. It's a complete flip side of the coin if you like mm. because we're so materialistic and we think happiness is dependent upon what we have and what what when can we have it and the latest this that and the other sin occurred in the garden of eden when mm. god gave adam and eve everything they could ever want the environment was perfect and yet the one thing they were told not to do was to eat of the tree that one tree in the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. You can't eat of that tree. Yeah. But if you eat of that tree, you'll die. Now, what happened was Satan came along. And this is so important to explain this. Satan came along and said this. Has God said? Mm. And the very tactic, the very, there's a whole program in this, but the law of first mention in the Bible is fascinating because the first time you find something mentioned is a key 
to the whole of the Bible explaining that. The first time that Satan is mentioned, he comes to Adam and Eve, he comes to Eve first, has God said. Mm. So what does he do? Undermine the authority of God's word. Sin is rejecting God's authority. That's it in a nutshell. And because, has God said, you will surely die, you won't surely die, what did they do? They believed him rather than obeyed God. That's it in a nutshell. Underestimating, refusing, rejecting God's mm. authority. Mm. And we either, we either accept it or we don't. There's no halfway measure in that, really. Mm. You know, if we look at the world today in which we live, and yeah, there are good people in the world, and people sure. that are, you know, nice and, and well-behaved and well-mannered people and consider others better than themselves and do all these biblical things. But as we described, sin is sin, and we're all guilty of sin. The Bible says that quite plainly. But um, when we look at the world and, and, and the stuff going on in the world at large, Peter, you know, in our neighborhoods, and we think of some of the countries around the world when there, where there's been violence and looting in the street. Normal people, Pete, like you and like me, normal people running into a shop and grabbing stuff and running out of the, and stealing it. You know, it's intrinsic. It's in us, isn't it? And I think we see this in the Garden of, uh, of Eden in the beginning. Uh, because well, you, if, if, if you think of it like this, because I'm a gardener, I love gardening. And so, you know, now is a beautiful time in the garden. All my hard work is, is being rewarded. All the seeds I've sown have grown. Mm. The fact is this, and I want everyone to understand this. The seed of every sin is in the heart of every individual. I believe that. What do I mean by that? The seed of every sin is in my heart, but I thank God that I have not been exposed to the conditions for those, some of those seeds to germinate. Exactly. If I had mm. been, they would have. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you're, t- what you're describing is when people are exposed to the condition for that seed that's already in their heart to germinate, guess what? It germinates. Mm. And people that you could never imagine doing things like that suddenly are stealing wheelbarrows and televisions <laughs> and all kinds of things. Why? Because the seed of every sin is in the heart of every individual. Mm. We have to understand that. Mm. So this this thing called sin crept in, and and even in Eden we saw it when uh, the devil, as you explained, tempted Eve. Uh, Eve looked at the fruit, and essentially she thought, "What's in it for me? What can I exactly. get out of it?" Again, that's the I, the the intrinsic thing. We're going to come to Jesus in a little while, and we see something completely different in Jesus and his character and his nature. But um, Peter, what about doing good works? A lot of people, in fact, some of the religions in the world teach that you have to do good works and that God will weigh up our good works against our bad works. And if you're uh, you know, just a little better than you are bad, you might make it into heaven. How good should we be? Well, this is the big thing, you see. And this is the one thing that Christianity and the gospel is totally unique amongst all the other faith systems in the world. What do I mean by that? We come to God on the basis that he accepts us as we are. Mm. Now, having been accepted by God, I become active for God. So I work out my salvation. I put my, my, my newfound faith into practice, and by God's grace, I become a better person. But it begins with me being accepted by God. Religion teaches us that through our effort, our good works, one day maybe God will accept us. So our acceptance by God, according to every other religion, is based upon what we do. But in Christianity, it's based upon what Christ has done. Mm. And that's the difference of the gospel. We begin with acceptance, and that's an amazing thing for people to understand. Mm. In the book of Ephesians, it says, we'll talk about this perhaps a little bit more in a few minutes' time. It says we're saved by grace through faith. But it says, 
It's not of our own doing. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing I can do to be good enough for God. In fact, I think, Peter, I think we need to be, you and I and every man on this planet, every woman, every child, we need to be as good as God to be right with God because God cannot tolerate any evil or crime or sin or wrongdoing in any shape or form. And I think this is why Jesus made a way for us because he is God incarnate. In other words, he is as good as God. And uh, and through his proxy, we can attain that by God's grace. But none of us is good enough to to enter into the presence of God. In the old days, in Bible times, uh, if somebody approached a king, uh, without being uh, invited by the king to approach him, uh, they might just be uh, killed, their heads That's taken cool. off because they had the audacity to approach a king. Um, but our king is far greater than any, any earthly king. So in just a second, I'm going to ask you how we can approach the king. We're going to take a little break, Peter, and be back after this. You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website, surereality.net, and click on Become a Vision Partner. You're listening to The Reality with me, Dudley Anderson. So good to be with you. Yes, indeed. Please do drop me an email if you can, dudley at surereality.net. If you're listening up today and you have some questions of your own, please email me, dudley at surereality.net. So today on The Reality, we're featuring the first in a special edition called The Reality Bible Special. Today, I'm talking with pastor and broadcaster Peter Jenkins about the real meaning of salvation, something many of us just take for granted. So far, we've answered the question, why? We've seen how God created mankind in his own image as good. But sadly, when presented with the opportunity to rebel against God's image, mankind turned away from God's goodness and sinned. The reality is the word sin literally means missing the mark. And a miss is as good as a mile. Even if I live a near-perfect life, doing good and loving people, but I fail in just one area, then I've missed the mark of goodness. The Bible tells us that every one of us has sinned and missed the mark of God's perfect goodness, His glory. And the truth is, we need to be as good as God to be right with God. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, 23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God was incarnate through Jesus Christ. What does this all mean? Let's ask the question, how? How was it that the perfect Son of God was able to save us from sin and its consequences? God became like us. This is how I describe Jesus, God with skin on him. (laughs) God became like us so that through his grace, and through what Christ has on the cross, we might become like him. That is like 
amazing. And you know, it's all summed up. One of, one of the verses you hardly ever hear quoted when it comes to understanding the gospel. We all know John 3.16, but mm. 2 Corinthians 5.21 mm. is a verse that says it all. It's mm. 23 words. And if anyone understands 23 words, it can change your eternal destiny. It says this, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That mm. is amazing. Mm. What about Jesus? Some people say he was a teacher, he was a rabbi, he was, no. He's God with skin on him, as you've just said, incarnate, God with us. I'll just share this one thing, but every baby gets its blood group from the Father. Mm. And the Bible teaches us that Jesus was not conceived by the way of flesh, but conceived by the Holy Spirit. So where did he get his blood group from? Mm. He didn't get it from Joseph. Where did he get his blood? His mm. blood is divine, which is why when that blood was shed on the cross, the price of our sin was satisfied. That's the gospel, not dependent on what I can do, but on what he did. He made him who knew no sin to become sin for me. That's incredible. And that's the best news the world's ever had. And you know, deadly is the best kept secret as well. Yeah. So that we could become the righteousness of God. Earlier I mentioned that we have to be as good as God to be that's right with said. God. And uh, so when Jesus died for us, the righteous one took our sin upon himself on the cross. Supernaturally, sin was imputed unto Jesus, although he had never committed sin. He took it upon himself when he died. And through that death and his resurrection from the dead, the Bible says we become not my righteousness, not Peter uh, Jenkins's righteousness, <laughs> but God. God's, God's righteousness in me. So by his grace, then, I become as good as, in faith, as God. The only cure for sin is not man-made. It is the divine blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross to pay the price of our sin. And Amen. that is the best news. That's why the gospel is good news, because there is hope, but it's only found through Jesus. Mm. And no sin is too great for God to <laughs> forgive. And uh, somebody may be listening to us today. You may be thinking, you've done some really bad stuff in life. But there is no sin that is too great for God to forgive because the scripture says and this is part of our salvation plan this is part of finding salvation if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness i believe god is faithful because he's consistent he will always do it if we confess our sins and he is just peter because justice was done at Calvary, yeah, God has executed justice for us and upon Jesus. That's incredible. The dying thief on the cross next to Jesus prayed one of the shortest prayers ever prayed. Lord, remember me. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and as Jesus is on the cross, hanging in agony, nailed to that cross, his dying words, the last words he breathes, he, 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 he forgives one more person, you know. He brings one more person in. And that one person that he's interested in right now is the very person listening to this program. Absolutely. He's interested in you. Thank and you, he Jesus. loves you so much. And it just takes a little short prayer. Lord, remember me. You can't pray a shorter prayer. But I tell you what, that prayer changed the eternal destiny of that man that was hanging on that cross next to Jesus at that moment. It's Amen. incredible. Amen. So we've answered the question, why, uh, what? Now let's answer the question, how? 
Peter, how can I be saved? Well, this is the most important question that you can ever find the answer to. Life is full of questions, but there's only one question that needs answering when it comes to eternity. And that question is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? When we stand before God, every human being will one day stand before God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. And the books will be open. And unless your name's written in that book, you're not going to spend eternity with God. The Bible teaches us there's a place called heaven, and it's not very popular to preach on this anymore, <laughs> but there is a place called hell, eternal separation from God. So mm. how can you be sure, not hope? So many people say they hope they go into heaven. These things are written that you might know you have eternal life. Mm. How can you be sure you have eternal life? It's as simple as this. Salvation is a free gift purchased through the death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God on the cross, and then accepted by God by raising him from the dead three days later. And simply by receiving this free gift, it's a gift. You receive the gift to as many as received him. To them gave you the power to become sons and daughters of the living God. So if you've never received the gift of salvation, if you've never received from God Almighty forgiveness for your sin because of what Jesus did for you when he died on the cross and God raised him from the dead, you can do that right now, wherever you are, whoever you are. Receive the gift. You can't buy it. You don't deserve it. Jesus paid for it. Receive the gift. Amen. It's as simple as that. Amen. In Ephesians, we read um, that uh, we are not saved by our good works. Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God. Salvation is a gift of God, not your own doing. Uh, grace is God's doing, Peter. God did it when he sent Jesus. And that is the whole, that's the whole gist of our salvation. We couldn't do it. God did it. And that's grace. But we're also saved by faith. Faith is my little part in salvation, but even faith is to admit that I don't have a part in salvation because faith is confidence in somebody else or something else, yeah. and in this case, confidence in the blood of Jesus. So I'm saved by God's grace, God's doing. He did it through Jesus and through my faith, and that is to admit that I've got nothing in me to be right with God except to put my confidence in him. And uh, this, is, this is something that's so important that people don't understand, that uh, I have to put my faith in Jesus. How do I put my faith in Jesus? Well, there's another scripture uh, that's found in Romans uh, that it says, uh, it's in Romans chapter 10, it's down around verse 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he, raised, he was raised from the dead, we shall be saved. Yes? Do you know the most amazing thing? Because of God's grace, and grace means we get what we don't deserve. We don't deserve eternal salvation. Why do we, how do we deserve? We don't deserve that. Grace means you get what you don't deserve. But God's mercy means you don't get what you do deserve. Mm. Because of sin, we've all come short, so we deserve to be punished. But God's mercy means Christ took our punishment. Jesus. And because God's grace, he makes available to us the free gift of salvation. And you know, deadly, God even gives you the faith you need to believe that. Because the Bible says God has put faith into the heart of every human being. People don't realize that. But you, you need faith to live. You get in your car to go down the road, you've got faith to believe you're going to arrive safely. Mm -hmm. You sit on a chair, you've got faith to believe it's not going to collapse. You eat some food, <laughs> you've got faith to believe it's not going to kill you. So you need faith to live, and God has put faith 
in the heart of every human being. And whoever's listening to this, God has given you the faith you need to believe what we've shared with you today. So put that faith into action mm. and you'll be amazed at what will happen when you receive God's free gift of salvation. It is incredible. Amen. And further down at the end of uh, chapter 9 of Romans, well, near the end, it's verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord <laughs> will be saved. Peter, I'd like to ask you, um, Pastor Peter Jenkins, today to uh, to pray. And, and if somebody's listening, perhaps you're listening up to Peter and me waffling on <laughs> today yeah. and uh, talking about this incredible gift that God has given us, salvation through the blood of Jesus. Uh, and you want to become a new creation, a new person. You want the old to go and the new to come. You've got a call on the name of Jesus, not just confess him, but confess and believe that he died and rose again. Not just believe in Jesus, but confess him as Lord of your life. You've got a call upon his name. I'm going to ask you, uh, Peter, to uh, to pray or to lead our listener in a time of prayer to actually do that. Call upon the name of the Lord now. I'm going to pray it slowly enough so that you, wherever you are, can pray this after me. I've prayed this prayer many, many times with many people. It's as simple as ABC. And I want to pray it now with you. And I'm inviting you to pray it with me. So I'll pray it slowly enough for you to pray it after me. And if you pray this from your heart and you believe what you're praying, you will be saved. That's the promise of God. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I admit that I am a sinner. I have done things wrong. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to pay the price, to take the punishment of all my sin, past, present, and future. You saw me before I was even born, and you loved me so much that you paid the price for all of my sin. And now, Lord Jesus, I confess. I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. Forgive me for my sin. Help me from this moment to live my life, not with I at the center, but with you at the center. Help me from this moment to know you as my heavenly Father, and Lord Jesus, you as my Savior, Holy Spirit, you as my guide and my friend. From this moment, I believe that I've received eternal life and that I'm a child of God. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that with us, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. What is next for the person who's just prayed that prayer with us? Well, I believe God's got a purpose and a plan for every life to assess to as many as received him. To them, he gave the right to be the sons and daughters of God and as children of God. Imagine, imagine the creator of heaven and earth as your father. This is incredible, incredible. And I really do believe that God has a purpose and a plan for every single person that's sharing in this program today. And maybe we can help you to discover that plan because I tell you what, God's purpose and plan for your life is far better than you could ever imagine. 
Fantastic. Keep your eyes on Jesus and get into the Word of God. Peter Jenkins, thank you so much for joining us today on uh, the Reality Special. And we're going to be getting together again shortly to talk about more great and wonderful truths that the Scriptures teach us. Thank you for joining us. listening to a special edition of The Reality with me, Dudley Anderson, and Pastor Peter Jenkins, called The Reality Bible Special. If we've said anything that has just struck a chord in your heart, we'd love to hear from you. Please email me, dudley at surereality.net. If you prayed that prayer with Pastor Peter just a few minutes ago, I would love to stand with you in prayer. Please write me an email, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. You can help us to produce these radio programs by becoming a vision partner. Partner with us at the website surereality.net by clicking on Become a Vision Partner. So for me, Dudley Anderson and Peter Jenkins, keep your eyes on Jesus. Till next time, God bless. Music